0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Cinematic Trinity with me, Kieran. Me, Michael.
1: And me, Tulip.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about uh, what is on everyone's minds at the moment Mm -hmm. old Barbenheimer.
1: Yes, that's right. (laughs)
0: Um, So, I hope you've all gone to see it and uh, dressed appropriately for both showings. (laughs) I know we did. Well, we certainly
1: did. You didn't, Barbenheimer. Well, I had some pinstripe trousers
0: on. Yes. Yeah, so.
1: How much more Oppenheimer can, can you get I don't know. pinstripe mean, we'll, trousers? Well,
2: me and Kieran wore suits,
0: so...
1: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> the gag didn't really work, seeing as Kieran got to the cinema <laughs> five minutes after the film actually started. And uh, then because it was so long, we left straight away. So it didn't really work no out. There's no picture proof of it. There is no proof. And the photo that we took of all of us all dressed in pink, when we went to see Barbie, I look horrific in the picture. So it will never see the light of day. I'm sorry, Kieran.
0: Uh, that's that's no issue to me because I I definitely look the worst. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the pink T shirt and the pink, uh, Whoa, pink, shorts. pink shorts. Yeah, Is I that? mean, I mean, I'm not saying anything about my outfit. That, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying my face and the expression I was making and just the being, uh, the, the existence of my face,
2: basically. <laughs> I will say when we saw Barbie though, like at least. Most people in the screen were wearing. Pretty pink. Pretty
1: much every single person in there was wearing pink of some sort, and I just yeah. think that's lovely. Yeah, because I we, just think it's lovely. Because
2: we saw Barbie on the Friday, the twenty-first, when it came out, and then we saw Oppenheimer on Sunday, so we didn't see, we didn't do the double bill, we didn't do the back to back. It
1: would have been too difficult. I'm glad,
2: I'm glad we didn't though, because like it was just, a, it just would have been a whole lot of movies. Both and, of like, these
1: films are very hard hitting, but in two completely different ways. So, I think to watch them both, it'd be like, oh my god, what do I think about this atomic bomb? What do I think about nuclear war? And then, oh my god, what do I think about feminism? Oh, you know, like, it would have just been too much on the brain.
2: A feminist uh, nuclear bomb would have been too much for us.
1: Yeah, it's funny because they literally are two completely different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Barbie's all about women, and you know, whatever it is, I mean, it is and it isn't, but it is all about women, isn't it? And then Oppenheimer is all about men and what they do.
2: So. What, what do they do? They make bombs. They make bombs. That's what men
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what they do. So, <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so we're going to do Barbie first. We're going to do sort of a brief non-spoiler and then go into spoilers and then Oppenheimer, it's going to be a non-spoiler. I think we'll have, non-spoiler.
1: It'll, for Barbie, it'll have to be a very, very brief non-spoiler yeah, 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 yeah. because the film is not what you expect. This is not a kid's film. Yeah, this right? isn't... a what, Be- why are you about to interrupt bef- me? Before
2: we get into it, I'm just going to say if you want to watch, listen to the Oppenheimer part of this segment, then go to this timestamp, which I'm going to say 34 minutes.
1: Anyway, back to what I was saying. This is not a kids' film. This isn't Barbie and the Nutcracker, Barbie Swan Lake. This is a completely different thing. It's just a film that so happens to be about Barbie. But it is also about what Barbie represents and how half of the world see Barbie as, oh, I think it's disgusting that uh, young girls have Barbie who is tall and blonde and skinny, even though she's a doll. So how can she be any of those things? She's just a doll. And that puts... um, you know, puts too much pressure on young girls growing up. And then there's the other half that say, well, actually, Barbie had a car, she had her own house, she could be an astronaut, she could be a chef, she could be whatever, she could be whatever she wanted to be. And that was the message to young girls. It was it was never supposed to be, you need to look like this. It was just, you can be this, mm-hmm. which I think is what the essentially what the film was trying to say. And also trying to say a lot of things at the same time. But as I say, yeah. it's, it's very hard to talk about it without sort of completely I mean, spoiling the whole thing. The, the, the
2: most basic thing is you've got Barbie Land where Barbie and all the Kens live and then you've got the real world. So it's Barbie going into the real world to help cure herself of like some malfunction she's had mm. by sort of, you know, trying to find the kid that's been playing with her. And that's, you know, hijinks ensue. And yeah, then a she, lear-
1: she learns her and Ken. Both learn about what the real world actually is. It's not Barbie world. It's the complete opposite of Barbie world. And then, you know, and yes, antics ensue as you, as so, you said. Spoiling like, it if I say anymore, more, yeah,
2: to Yeah, to, to briefly talk about a few things. I mean, for me, I thought the film was very funny and like...
1: Absolutely hilarious know. film. And you know, everybody knows I do not like Ryan Gosling. I just cannot stand him. But I could not take my eyes off him in this film. He was absolutely fantastic he was perfectly cast i thought he was gonna be rubbish but he was absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant he was hilarious the whole film was hilarious i was out loud laughing and giggling yeah.
2: did you uh
0: throughout the film did you like the ryan gosling
1: i did the ryan gosling the
0: ryan gosling the one and only <laughs> ryan gosling yeah he was good he played the he played the part that he was mm. given well yeah, I um, think pre- pretty much everyone did. Like, Margaret Robbie was good. Like,
2: yeah, as she was really good. She did like a good bit of like being naive, and then like as she slowly learns more and more, it's like the development there. Like she goes through, she goes through like a range of different emotions, which like she performs really, really well. Mm. And then Ken is like the same. Obviously, we're we'll getting spoilers, but like Ken, sort of the same. But then like his emotions are on a different level to what barbie has to go through
1: yeah so yeah.
2: But yeah they're both like very interesting characters the film definitely went to places i didn't think it would go just in terms of like the twist and like who the villain of the story is which we'll you know
0: yeah get into
2: but like, you know it went to different places it maintained good comedy throughout there wasn't like mo- most jokes hit quite it was, well it
1: was light-hearted but also like very deep all at the same yeah. time yeah you know i think what did you think Kieran? Did you? I feel like I haven't even asked you whether you even enjoyed it I can't even remember if we actually had a conversation about it did you actually enjoy it did you I, think it was funny
0: yeah. I, I think it was yeah it was It was a really good film mm. it was just they um, there were a lot of things that they kind of talked about within the film and kind of you know brought light to that are kind of a little bit you know this is why it's not a kids film it's yeah. because they are kind of more real world topics and, and things yeah. like that that they are kind of bringing to the Yeah. To the front line. So but yeah, it was really really good, really funny. I think really well done. So Yeah. And you know the production value as well, like costume, oh my God, set design.
1: Fantastic. You know, Absolutely the stuff, brilliant. like yeah. when they
2: like you've seen in the trailers when they're like go into the real world, it's like them on a spaceship, them in a car, them on a boat and like the background's like moving along with them like it's very cartoony looking like but it looks like yeah like it's really really cool like just all the physical brilliant. barbie world stuff that they do looks real. like they've just you know yeah
1: it's uh, absolutely brilliant all the costumes and it yeah. is and it's all you know real isn't it you know they made barbie land and it all feels very real as well like yeah. when you're watching it so absolutely up, top notch 10 out of 10 for production value
2: <laughs> okay But I think, you know, that's what, before we, as we always do before we go into spoilers, what are our scores for Barbie?
1: I'd say maybe a nine. I think there were certain things that I think sometimes in the film it was saying things that I 100% agreed with. For example, the big speech that, is it america ferrara yeah
2: yeah which
1: everybody's probably seen on like tiktok by now if it's anything like my tiktok feed but she gives a speech and when i was watching it i was like hmm i'm 100% agreeing with everything that she's saying but it has come a little bit out of nowhere but because i'm agreeing with what she's saying i'm I'm just gonna go for it i'm like i'm living for it you know so that's why it doesn't get a 10 out of 10 because sometimes i think things were thrown in which Mm -hmm. i agreed with but maybe just you know in terms of like the script could have been just like positioned a little bit better but apart from that absolutely fantastic
2: yeah i was giving it an eight i feel like watching it there were i mean will ferrell's like his whole deal in the movie could have just been taken out i think and that like Mm. because it for it being like a two-hour movie it still kind of felt like it dragged in some bits but like on the whole i did have a very good time with the film I'd say like Ryan Gossing was the standout for me, like in terms of performances and the comedy with him was really, really good. So Mm -hmm. I did have a fun time watching Barbie, and like there were some good messages in there, which didn't, for me, I know there's quite a few different opinions online, like hamper down the film for me. I could still enjoy Mm -hmm. the film, appreciate the messages, and it all worked and gelled well, but it just went on a bit long and some bits
0: could have been taken out. But that's, yeah, an 8 out of 10. But you, Karen? I'd say, yeah, about 7.5 to 8. It's yeah a good film, funny, um, bits that worked, bits that maybe didn't yeah. understand why Will Ferrell was in it, but maybe mm. his role could have been downplayed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, a, enjoyable film, definitely worth a watch.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's worth watching. Yeah. yeah,
0: Cue the spoiler jingle.
2: Spoilers
1: ahead. So I don't really know where to 100% start when we get into spoilers, but essentially... I
2: think mean, just go... I mean, you yes, know, it's... A, it's a simple story but then there is obviously bits to dwell into because obviously as you say the whole point of barbie land is barbie was created to be a role model for girls so everyone who's in barbie land has this idea that barbie has fixed the world for women yeah and that has they have made the world a better place so it's all just like a really and idyllic... all women
1: believe that they can be what they want to be and and do what they want to do and yeah. they think that they've solved it but really they haven't but in Barbie World, Barbies do run everything. You know, there is Barbie President, and as I say, Barbie Astronaut, all the other Barbies, whatever. I can't remember them. So many. Um, all of them. They're they're all they're running Barbie World basically. And the Kens, Ken is just Ken. He's just there basically, waiting for Barbie to look at him. Yeah. And yeah. and th- then he has a good day. They say you know Ken has a good day when Barbie shows him some attention. Basically, he's just yeah. there to be an accessory to barbie
2: yeah which i it's that thing really because obviously everyone i feel like quite a few people have had a problem about ken like obviously you know being the men of barbie land like ken's Mm. obviously not given as much roles in the world as barbie is but it's like you know at the end of the day in the context of barbie he is an accessory to barbie
1: yeah
2: it's always barbie and ken like they come together so it's a bit like you know i'm can see why they've done it that way. I don't have an issue yeah, with... Yeah, well, there's
1: no point in them saying, oh, yeah, Ken's, you know, the main... Even though he's the main character of this story, he's not the main... Ken isn't Barbie. Ken yeah. is Ken. He's, he is separate. He is. He, so it was never going to be at the start of the film that Ken had more of a role than what he does in the film, which is just an accessory. There was no point yeah. in them being like... Because that's the whole point, the whole point of the film, is that Barbie has to learn that Ken is... You know, they say at the end, it's Barbie and it's Ken. It's not Barbie and Ken. It's Barbie's her own person, Ken is her, he's his own person. Yeah. And that's sort of how it all accumulates in the end.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the the kind of message of there being like Barbie and Ken hmm. is it's kind of like an exaggeration of reverse gender roles. Yeah, yeah it is. Exactly, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, because like, when they go to the real world and it's obviously it's men doing like construction and and garbage disposal and they're all like the CEOs and and things like that and Barbie's like where's all the women in these roles Yeah, and it's you know like that is obviously kind of an ongoing issue in Mm. our world but in Barbie land it's kind of Is taken to like the highest degree, where all the Kens, like their job is beach. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. not lifeguard, not lifeguard, just beach. Uh, (laughs) But like all the Barbies have like all these like amazing, incredible jobs and like do everything, and everyone's all like really happy and and you know everything is very, as you say, idyllic and yeah, in in that regard and very exaggerated. Yeah, and then you kind of see over the course of the film like it becomes more like a a realistic interpretation yeah and like you know people come into their own and you know it's it's not as you say Barbie and Ken it's Barbie and it's Ken yeah so it's you know it's kind of everyone discovering themselves and and learning Absolutely. like what is the right way yeah to yeah. do things
1: yeah so how the film sort of kicks off, obviously, as I say, it starts off where it is Barbie land and we learn what Barbie Land is. Margot Robbie has her perfect day and then things start happening. She starts thinking about death and whether she's gonna die. And, and when she goes to have a shower in the morning, the water's cold, it's not hot, and then she realizes that she has cellulite on her legs. And then she goes to the she goes to make her little waffle in the morning and it burns and stuff like that. So all these different things keep happening. Yeah so she has to go and see weird barbie who's the barbie whose hair you cut and who you drew on and where you know you just messed about with them and then you know just whatever so she goes and sees weird barbie who says to her you need to go to the real world to find what little girl is sort of playing with you because she's clearly having these thoughts so strongly that it's reflecting onto you in barbie world and the balance needs to be put right you need to make make her happy yeah. so that you can then be happy in Barbie world so she does she goes off to the real world
2: and Ken comes Ken, Ken goes with her
1: tags along because Ken just wants to be with Barbie He that's all he, that's his sole purpose is to is to you know get Barbie's attention so he goes goes with her and they sort of rollerblade through Venice Beach, don't they? Yeah. Um, and that's when Margot Rob, well, not Margot Robbie, Barbie sort of first learns about what the real world is like. You know, everybody, well, both of them, everybody's looking at them. Um, but Margot Robbie gets, <laughs> what do I keep saying, like Margot Robbie, like her full name. Um, Barbie keeps, um, you know, people are staring at her, people are catcalling her. Somebody comes up and like, you know, slaps her. On the bottom behind. Michael, no, that that word is just oh no! Don't Michael say that word again. False. No, that is no. It's like you know, you know, grabs her, basically, basically gropes her, um, and yeah, and she learns a very sort of harsh reality.
2: Whereas like Ken is the opposite because I mean, he he kind of went on the journey with Barbie as well because like Ken, like Ryan Gosting's Ken, is very like insecure, like he wants to be there with Barbie Barbie doesn't want really anything to do with Ken like when she when he wants to you know hang out with her she goes oh it's girls night and he has like this fake conversation of like oh no it's fine i don't have to you know i'll, I'll leave you barbie you know it's it's okay that's cool yeah. like in his mind and then he's so insecure with like the other kens there because obviously they play up to barbie as well and when they get shown like a shred of approval he's like ah and yeah. then he's like in the car like with barbie and he's like, why are you coming with me oh well i made a bet with ken that i could come with you so i don't want to look stupid and he's like ken's like you know ken's just ken like don't listen to him and he's like i don't respect him and he's like yeah but i do <laughs> Because yeah. he's like so insecure. So when he goes to the real world, he sees you know men are looking at him and women are looking at him in a, an approving way, mm-hmm. and that's when like you know I, he discovers the patriarchy. He does, like, yeah, he? which is hilar- whole, like which is hilarious. Like his whole, whole discovery, because he like goes to like a gym, sees all these men working out. They're like, yeah, go man, you go man, like being supportive. And then he like thinks that horses and men like run the world because he like just yeah. sees all these men in like positions of power he like chats with this guy and it's like oh can i have a job at your firm oh well you need to have a qualification basically He's like oh is being a man not enough and he was like no i'm afraid you need these qualifications oh we well, are not doing patriarchy very well he's like oh no we are we're just very good at hiding it yeah and then you know he goes to a library reads a book about patriarchy and like you know he's just amazed that there is now this new world where men like run yeah, everything he's
1: never been noticed before so he just thinks oh it's fantastic you know i'm gonna just overthrow Everything that is, that I've been learned, yeah. and I'm gonna go home and over, I'm gonna go home and tell all the other Kens about this amazing thing where we can all be noticed and we can all be, you know, at the top of the food chain rather yeah. than yeah. at the very bottom, basically.
0: There's like there's also like a couple of things that he says like um, the, the 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 things that he notices people do like someone said hello to him mm. and someone asked him for directions. <laughs> yeah. That's asked like him for the time. that's the two things yeah. that like he, he met like asked for oh, time. Yeah, which yeah. led <laughs> <laughs> to like a really funny thing where he like just shows like both his hands and he's got like eight watches on or something. Yeah, right
1: at the end of the film.
0: Um, yeah. But like it's those little things and like he really like recognizes them and like yeah you know, really mm. appreciates those things. And it's kind of like that in and of itself is quite a a real world thing as well. Because yeah. I feel yeah. like a lot of men maybe don't receive like, you know, compliments in that regard and then maybe kind of head down like kind of a, a more destructive path. Which mm. yeah, yeah, which Ken sort of does. Which Ken does. And it's kind yeah. of it's all very like it's a lot of commentary on, on real world stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is like Yeah, it's just Madness, like how much you kind of recognize, like if you look into it, yeah, it's, it's just l- like wow, it's
1: literally like watching, you know, my life in a way, yeah. in a in a weird way. But like, especially when I mean, I'm trying not to like get ahead of myself, but I feel like the two funny things that I've got to say are like happen later in the film. Um, so, but I've lost where I was apart from the only things so, that I can remember. Yeah, so happened. essentially
2: ken ken kind of buggers off back to barbieland to take patriarchy back
1: said, these weird words that you're using oh takes, he
2: takes patriarchy back to barbieland and teaches the other kens but then um barbie basically manages to find well she thinks she finds the girl that's been playing with her but it's actually the daughter of the woman who's been playing with her because yeah. she found her kids old barbies and like she felt so like depressed and alone that she started playing with them but because she was in that depressed state her emotions you know transferred on to barbie and that's why barbie is malfunctioning
1: yeah and i have to say like the daughter of the the woman who's actually playing with barbie like the daughter sasha is it Mm -hmm. um she i just i really don't like people like that in films where and i feel like i've said this before where they hate their mums and they hate the world and stuff like that and it's like obviously you can understand why she feels that way um but also she's like you know and she says the line men hate women and women hate women that's the only thing that we can sort of all agree on um which is right in a way and that's sort of what she's thinking and you know some women are out there to build other women up and then some women are out there to just sort of tear other women down mm-hmm. in a way and that's kind of what she was doing you know when barbie first walks over to her she says oh you know you're just capitalism
2: Fascist says so she's a fascist. Yeah. yeah, and
1: you know, oh, you know, you set unrealistic beauty standards for women, and then one of her friends says, "Oh, I, I used to play with Barbie," and then she just like gives her the evils. Yeah, and it's like, well, that you're just, you're part of the problem as well. You know, like you should yeah. just be like, oh, that's good. You know, if you enjoy this thing. Mm-hmm. Fair play to you, you yeah. know, you're your own woman, you know, just like keep, I lo- keep up with it.
2: I love the bit where, like, after Barbie gets called a fascist, it's like Barbie crying or like this side of the road. And she's like, I'm not a fascist, I-, I don't control the train and like postal schedules. Are yeah. we? <laughs> Like, because she's Definitely. just, like, has no idea what's going on and why, like, all these women hate her now. Because, like, she was yeah, expecting, like, a doesn't... warm welcome when she got into the real world. because of... everybody
1: was going to be like, oh, thank you, Barbie, yeah. for, like, solving all the world's problems and stuff. She yeah. doesn't realise, does she, bless her? Nah, bless her,
2: Because yeah. <laughs> then, like, to sort to of touch upon Will Ferrell's bit, because I said that bit could have been, like, taken out. Because he's, uh, he's the CEO of Mattel. So, obviously, yeah. when Mattel find out that Barbie's running around the real world, they try and capture her and put her back in the box.
1: Yeah, but how they got away with some of the stuff that they were saying about Mattel and just about Barbie in general and, like, how she was... As I say, you know, a lot of people were saying that she's just, like, unrealistic and, Mm -hmm. you know, there should be, you know, whatever, Barbies with different body shapes and and all that kind of stuff. But I think that they were, like... It's amazing that they were just able to do this film full stop, I think.
0: I, I think the thing with Mattel is probably all this stuff that they've mentioned in the films, like, all the negative stuff about mm. Mattel, it's probably most likely already been said yeah. before. And it's already, like, they've been, like, probably legal disputes and stuff yeah. over that. And they've yeah. already cleared it all up. And this is kind of them, like, saying... Because Barbie... I, I mean, I don't think Barbie is as big as it once was. No. In terms of, like, girls yeah. actually buying the dolls. Yeah. So this, to them, is, like, just a massive... Uh, kind of advertisement for for Barbies because they're going to make yeah. so much money off oh of this. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, like, I mean, I literally want to buy well, Barbie they, straight away. Yeah, well, they do like they're going to do
2: promotional toys for like the film, aren't they? There is going to be Margot Robbie Barbie and Ryan Gosling Ken.
0: That there you already can buy. is. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah, and like things like that, those action figures and things like it's a billion dollar industry. So yeah. Yeah, that, the amount that they make off of like toy sales and stuff is going to like completely dwarf the amount that is from the actual yeah. yeah of the film. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. But so. I think they have sort of, because it is such a good film, I think it has come off quite well. It doesn't make me think, yeah. oh no, I'm, Barbie's not very good. You know, it does make you think, Actually, yeah, like I love it, you know, it make, it comes off in a good light in the end,
2: yeah, yeah, because Mattel's like they sort of linger in the film because when they can't capture Barbie when they bring her to Mattel, she like runs off and then joins up with um,
1: she will she will she will the mum and the daughter, yeah, she joins up with America ferrera and, and her daughter, and they all go back to Barbie land together. So, Will Ferrell and his you know goons or follow them back into barbie land as well
2: yeah because i there's not like a good payoff for that they kind of like because it's not like they're like a main source of conflict when they get to barbie land because the main thing when they get back to barbie land is trying to get power back from the kens because the kens have obviously overthrown the barbies there it's just sort of when that conflict is resolved where feral shows up and he's like oh well I'll head back now because things are sorted mm. here. Because there is like, they, they do touch upon like an element of why they're doing this. Because like when Ken like messes up with things and Ken is now like the, I I guess it somehow influences how the toys are made. Because like Ken like redesigns the Barbie house and then Will Ferrell's on the phone to like someone from Mattel in the warehouse saying, oh, these Ken Mojo Dojo Casa houses are like selling like hotcakes. Like people are loving them. But he's like, oh no, we can't let Ken... Ruin things too much because I guess it's like he's influencing what toys Mattel are making. I I don't know. So it's all they Mm. have this weird reason to go and get you know, go into that world and try and stop things, I guess.
1: Yeah. So sort yeah. not... Because they're about to change it rather than Barbie Land into, like, Ken Land. Is it Kendum? like Kendom? Kendom, yeah. So I think if they do that in Barbie Land and they change it completely, then Barbie's not going to be the main toy anymore. It's going to be Ken who's the main toy and they, yeah, don't, they yeah. don't want that. They still want it to be Barbie that's the main toy. So they have to go and put everything back to normal, basically. Yeah. So they can keep selling the Barbie toys.
2: So... I mean just Ken in you know the film is great anyway so obviously it's just like uh, it's just Ryan Gosling was just brilliant in like just when he he was
0: very good at it when Barry comes
2: back and see what Ken's done because yeah obviously it's the what have you done to my dream house oh it's the Mojo Dojo Casa House and it's like what a stupid name it's like no it's not because it's to say and then like the yeah. mum and the daughter start going Mojo Dojo Ken it's like no stop it Yeah, and it's just like how he's manipulated all the other Kens and it's just like oh all these you know
1: and all the other barbies the yeah. barbies have now become slaves to the Kens basically yeah. and they're you know all dressed up in little maid uniforms and they're getting them beers and stuff like that and they now just sort of live to serve they 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 don't do their jobs as well Kens have completely taken over essentially
2: Yeah, yeah so
1: Margot Robbie expects, Barbie expects to come back to Barbie land and sees all the Barbies there and you know they can help us solve the problems and stuff. And then she realizes that all the Barbies have been brainwashed into yeah. you know now being maids to the kens yeah so they have to come up with this plan to get all the barbies away and then they can then distract the kens so that they can stop them from changing the constitution to turn it into kendom rather than Barbieland.
2: yeah because um, that that's the final third of the film is then because that obviously which for me to, is
1: where the most laughs came from
2: yeah because that that starts off with the speech from uh, America. What was her name? Sorry, America. For America Ferrer. Yeah, so she does her speech about what it's like to be, you know, what it's like to be a woman, and, and how that it's
1: just one big contradiction.
2: Yeah, and that snaps one of the Barbies out of the trans, and they're like, oh, well, if we just preach,
1: do this the same yeah. thing to all the Barbies, get them all out of there.
2: Which, yeah, actually, the the ways they distract each Barbie from the Ken is like brilliant because one of them is like watching The Godfather and just one of the unbrainwashed Barbies comes up to distract him we're going, oh, is this The Godfather? I've never seen it. He's like, oh, it's a film masterpiece. You've never seen The Godfather? (laughs) Yeah, and just
1: goes on to explain the film and they do that with everything. They do it with like sport, don't they? They're like, oh, I don't know how to play golf or whatever. Oh my God, let me show you. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, I'll show you straight away. Of course, I can't wait to sort of tell you about this manly thing that I've been doing and it's just... All completely one hundred percent true,
2: and the bit where it's the it's uh, completely true. Oh, I just feel so ugly. What's going on? And then it's him, her. Worrying. No, no, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> that is my story that I want to I was tell. Waiting for you you to say don't it. get to tell that story. I was waiting until the right moment. The moment is in this film. I wear glasses, by the way, in case you don't know. And they one of the ways that they distract the other can is for a Barbie with glasses. And they're saying in the background, we're going to wait for Ken to uncover her real beauty behind these glasses. And then the Barbie's sitting there going, oh, I'm just so ugly. And then the Ken takes off her glasses and it's like, oh my God, no, you're beautiful. And it's like, oh, it's just, it's so funny because that is just what it feels like. That is just what it feels like. And I've literally had that happen to me. Not that happen. but. And I told you this the other day. I've told this story a million times. I feel like everybody's, everybody in my family has heard it a million times. But when I was working behind the bar, um, on the tea bar, selling the pies and burgers and whatnot at the football club, I had a man come up to me and say, oh, you're really beautiful behind those glasses. And it's like, I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, that's literally just what, what life is like.
2: PTSD. Literally what yeah. it's
1: like. And then there's another part where at the end, once all the Barbies are not brainwashed anymore they decide that they need to get all the Kens to turn against each other and all start competing with each other um, so that they are so distracted that the Barbies can then go and overthrow the constitution. So Barbie is sad and he's like, oh, um, you know, we, he's, she's gonna go on a date with Ken. And he's like, oh yeah, Um, well, why don't I just play my guitar at you uh, for the next four hours and you just have to sit there and listen. It's like, that's literally happened to me. That has literally happened where I've had to sit and watch somebody play the guitar at me and pretend that it's the most amazing thing in the world. And I'm so grateful. Thank you for bestowing your amazingness and your talent upon me. You know, where it's like, that's not what it's like. And it's just, it was just all so true. Like watching it, it's just like, it's just... It's just exactly what the life is like, you know? Yeah. It's just what men are like, it's just what women are like, you know? It's just what it's like. So there you yeah. go. That's it's just, two stories.
2: It's just funny how, like, Ryan Gosling, Ken, and all the other Kens have, like, all the same ideas, because they are, like, they just all think the same, so it's them playing the because exact same song men. at the same time.
1: It's just what men are like.
2: Yeah. yeah, so that's a bit funny. And then it does culminate with the beach battle, which is, like, a really good... <laughs> Funny Very scene, funny.
0: yeah. Because
2: it's all like just the Kens. I like have a war basically, but then they're like fighting each other with like tennis rackets and hockey sticks yeah. and like fake bows, Fate and bows and arrows. And it's just it leads to a dance number and like the I'm Just Ken song, which is brilliant. Yeah.
0: And then they all become friends through through musical dance. Yeah, they do. Yeah. As as, as men do. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they me and Michael became friends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: yeah, despite our disagreements, we had a dance battle, and it was yeah. all. Like, like, that's, that's just how you bond, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So the Kens are like defeated as such because the, the Barbies take back the constitution. It's yeah. all, you know, Barbie Landers as it was. Or the Kens are like me over the Barbies again and then it's all one last conversation between Ryan Gosling and... Barbie and Margot Robbie or whatever you want to call her. Barbie. Um, Because it's all like, you know, Ken's still hiding behind like his masculinity a little bit. It's like, he's crying on the bed. It's like, you okay there, Ken? Yeah, I'm fine. It's like, Mm. you know, it's okay to cry, Ken. Like, you don't have to... And it's him like trying to come to terms with like, oh, I need to be... I can't be more because I'm, you know, I'm an accessory to you, Barbie, but she's like, no, it needs to be... As you say, it's the Barbie and it's Ken.
0: Ken. Which then
2: inspires him to be like, oh yeah, it is. I'm... Yeah, I'm Ken. I'm Kenneth. Yeah,
0: That's
2: a brilliant jumper, I can just imagine like yeah, the sales of that. They going. sold out in like did they a day? Ugh,
0: that's brilliant. Were you looking to buy one? I think it would be funny if I did. I wasn't yeah. looking to buy one. <laughs> I was thinking of it, and then I saw on Twitter that they sold out in like 24 hours. I was yeah. like, well, like, that not surprising. There you. goes that. Yeah. I am not Kenneth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, Karen.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that that sort of. And
2: I guess that's not where the film leaves off because everything's resolved in Barbie Land but Margaret Robbie Barbie, stereotypical Barbie isn't fulfilled from her experience. Well, no,
1: I think you are missing a little piece in that when Barbie Land goes back to normal the Kens start saying, ah, oh, you know, we're now our own people. Can we be on the Supreme Court? can we be can we have a a ken president can we do all these things and they say well um yeah you can start to have your own jobs but you know you can't be on the supreme court you can just have the lower level jobs and then helen mirren who narrates the whole thing she you know comes in at different times to sort of give you context to things and sort of she's narrating the story obviously and she just says oh yeah the kens um did have and did become their own people but only to the same level that women are in the real world today meaning women still don't have their full place that they deserve in the world today. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were confused by that because they were sort of saying, oh, but Barbie just goes back to normal. Like, it's supposed to be like, it should have been that it's all equal and that would have been a better payoff. But it's like, you know, if this is all going to be, you know, a talk on reality, then that's the reality, isn't it? You know, that it's still second in a lot of ways. Obviously not for everything, you know, and I'm not saying that all men hate women or women hate men and blah blah blah, blah you know whatever but generalised mm-hmm. that's still what the world's like today yeah yeah and now you can carry on with your sentence <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where was I? Um,
1: you were about to say that the end of yeah, the film's so, Barbie so, becoming yeah. human.
2: Yes, well, there you go. She becomes human because Margaret like Barbie isn't like fulfilled from her experience. She's obviously seen quite a lot of what the real world is, so she's like, I don't want to go back to as it was. I want to do my own thing. I want to be my own. Yeah. Person. Well, she says
1: because she's stereotypical Barbie, she isn't anything. She's just stereotypical Barbie. She's not necessarily the smartest Barbie or or whatever. She's just sort of stereotypical, which I think, you know, and that's where all the sort of information comes from. And and at a point in time, she, like, becomes depressed. And there's a really hilarious segment where it's like, oh, the new depressed Barbie, where, she knows she stays in bed all day and then she watches Pride and Prejudice for, like, eight hours on repeat and then, you know, cries and anxiety and panic attacks sold separately and stuff like that. It's just absolutely hilarious. But it sort of comes full circle because she says, you know... There's nothing wrong with just being ordinary like if you want to just be ordinary and you're not the smartest person in the world and you don't have the best job in the world like that's okay too like just because you're a woman and we're all trying to be strong independent women doesn't mean that you have to be everything you can still just be ordinary yeah basically and that's what she she goes to be human so she can really sort of you know just live her own life and not be, you know, stereotypical Barbie. She is, you know, her own woman.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a good place to, like, close off on Barbie, but, you know, obviously we all really enjoyed it. That was, like, a lot... It, that's the thing. If like i don't think i could watch it again for a little while just because a lot did happen in that film like there yeah, is a lot there's a dizzy. lot of like comedy there's a lot of like messages and stuff so it does like it's not overwhelming but like you know it's just you go on an experience in the film like yeah. it is its own i mean i came thing. out of the
1: film and i think i said i'm like i'm a bit confused how to feel like i didn't know how much to like deep it basically like how deep should i think about this but i've been seeing so many people on my TikTok, tock all the like girls and stuff just saying that you know they felt seen by this film like it was like watching their own lives and you know it was so relatable to them mm-hmm. and i just think that's a lovely thing for and um, for you know all these people to feel closer to other women and realize that you know we're all living the same yeah in the same world and living the same lives really you know it's like when it comes up and it's like oh you know kids in the in the uk all lived like had like the same childhood because we all watched the same shows we all had the same toys that we played with at playtime it's kind of like the same thing in this that we're all just going through the same shared experience really yeah
0: exactly Support each other more yeah
2: okay so moving on to Oppenheimer now uh so again we'll just do a quick brief thoughts and get into the story of that because I mean both films have a lot going on so so does Oppenheimer
0: um but in in fairness for Oppenheimer it's not (laughs) going to be a big spoiler reveal because it's based on true events, so it's already happened. Yeah. 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 We we know we know what happened in World War Two, so Yeah, yeah. So, you know, immediately saw sort of coming out of there.
2: I really, really liked Oppenheimer as well. Like, you know, both of these are really good films. I did prefer Oppenheimer like overall, but like again it's just, like, having me and you were talking about it. It's just a good, like, film-lover's film. Like, there's just a lot of things that work yeah. in Oppenheimer that you can, like, appreciate. Like, the, you know, the music's good. The, like, cinematography and stuff is good. The acting's good. Like, nothing really falters in the film, despite it being so long. You know, it didn't feel like a three-hour film, like, whilst watching it.
0: Mm. I think it's kind of like a... Quite a... Like, this Barbenheimer thing is quite a good commentary on what is modern cinema and what was, like, classed as kind of, like, original cinema. Yeah. Because I was saying Barbie is a really good example of modern cinema done Mm. well.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it was funny, it was enjoyable, it had a message and it kind of displayed it well. Yeah. And Oppenheimer is, like, just... It goes to the roots of what cinema used to be. Mm. Like, where it's, like, you know, uh, it tells a story, it does it well, you know, it's got... You know, incredible cinematography. It's kind of experimental in parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it kind of it feels like cinema. I I don't really know how to describe. Ad like, on it. It's
2: like when you look at like older films, because obviously, like most of the stuff is done in camera. Like it's a very practical film. So it's like your big like epics like Ben Hur, like you know the really old films like that was a three hour epic like Cleopatra stuff like that like the my camera I think it's like Waterloo whatever the Napoleon film is mm. you know Zulu stuff like that like those big bombastic movies this isn't you know it's like this is still small scale but it feels big like just because of all the different elements so you know i don't know what you sort of thought too.
1: yeah i didn't enjoy it as much as you guys <laughs> <laughs> i i'm sorry
2: i'm sorry it was I, bad <laughs> yeah i think i don't know what you're talking about
1: <laughs> a lot of the things that you said there are right and it was me who said this is a film for people who really appreciate Film who maybe studied film or something like that it is very much um a masterclass on uh directing sound design you know not using cgi and using sort of practical things and bringing it all together to create this thing but I just think there were there were points in this film where I just because it was so filmy, I was losing my I was losing plot yeah what I wanted from this film is I wanted to know how the atomic bomb was made and how that had an impact on the world and I feel like I still don't fully understand that now like as soon as I left the cinema I was like okay that was great but I need to watch a documentary now which we did. like which which we did straight away but then we both fell asleep didn't we because it was well, such a long day
2: and we did pick it back up again but like the, the documentary we watched I think was called to end all war robert oppenheimer it was it was sort of
1: obviously filmed alongside the film because they were interviewing christopher nolan about it so maybe i do need to watch something that is completely unrelated so that i can actually yeah it's essentially
2: like an abridged version of the film it like picks up all the main story beats as the film it's just like an hour and a half versus three hours
1: yeah exactly but i i
2: get what you mean because there is like it's a lot like there's three separate timelines for one which you need to keep a Eye on like to see what's actually happening, but it,
1: it's it's impossible to know which timeline you're in, and a lot of the dialogue I found like the actual script for this film, it was like listening to them all talking in riddles half the time. Like nothing was just, I'm doing this, I think this. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm an idiot and I need everything like handed to me on a, on spoon fed to me, but I still need when it is such an important story. I still just wanted to understand what actually happened like and I just didn't I just didn't really get that.
2: mean, it definitely like.
1: I wish I knew more about what had actually happened in that time before I went to see it because then I would have enjoyed it more but I was just it was a bit like you know when we watched Elvis. And you obviously really love that film, Kieran, but I didn't like it as much because I said, I still feel like I'm none the wiser about Elvis's life. Like, I still feel like I don't really understand what happened to him and whatever. It's the same with this film. I'm still none the wiser. Still need to educate myself about what happened, which is disappointing. After sitting for three hours in the cinema when it was freezing and I could feel the air con blowing on my face, but I couldn't get away from it because obviously it was a packed cinema. It's not like I could move. So that ruined my experience as well. I'll
0: I'll tell you one thing that did ruin my my, uh, enjoyment of the first hour of the film. Because it was so packed in there. The amount of people that were rustling the bags yeah. of sweets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. cool. Oh my god! Did you hear that
1: one woman in front of in us front. that kept chuckling? Literally, like, <laughs> I was like, "Why are you laughing at this? Nothing funny is happening. Why are you giggling? Literally, every five minutes." And literally felt like kicking the back of her chair. It was so annoying.
0: There was, there was someone in the front row that was like genuinely for about five minutes rustling one packet (laughs) of what i can only assume is like you know like the multi-pack chocolate bars yeah Yeah, yeah. they just couldn't get it open i was was saying to isaac after i left i'd much prefer that they just go like one really loud just open that's grab it open and start eating do that don't go i'll I'll just do it really really, like really really slowly and and quietly Oh, yeah. but it's, it's a rustling bag. So it's like when you're trying just... to
1: open a pencil case in the middle of an exam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just, you just hear every single like yeah. zip unzipping.
2: Just shout, Prepare yourselves! We're <laughs> yeah. gonna open it. open this packet of sweets.
1: Yeah.
2: But yeah, I think I'm mean, like I'm happy it was packed. I mean, the it cin- was
1: fantastic to see just I, seeing Barbie and seeing this film. It was brilliant to go to yeah. a cinema where both screens were sold out. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I I like to see that because obviously it's. Mm. it's you know, more people into the cinema, more money into the cinema. It was like really nice to see it actually busy. Mm. But then it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> that I forgot other people yeah, annoy yeah.
1: me actually go to the cinema yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a, yeah it's like a weird like
2: it's like you love the cinema but you don't like the people in the cinema like yeah. if you can have your own private
0: cinema there's nothing be better set. than
1: going to the cinema and realising that you're the only people in that I feel like that yeah. is like literally hitting the jackpot
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly people just need to learn cinema etiquette. yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean we worked there long enough to sort of you know know mm-hmm. our own and what you
0: know the do's and don'ts but mm. there you go there you go oh well such is but yeah I I mean I think um, because like what you were saying like you didn't really understand like the atomic bomb Mm. side of things and you need to go watch a documentary afterwards I kind of the way that I kind of watched the film it was less talking about the atomic bomb and more just Oppenheimer's life yeah so obviously like a lot of the physicists that worked with him they were kind of the ones that did like more of the mathematical bits and like Mm. you know some of the kind of theory behind that and obviously Oppenheimer helped towards that. He was kind of like the lead on yeah. on the project, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of more following like his journey and like then the after bits and, you know, like the three different stories intersecting. So I, yeah. I kind of was watching it more as like this is like Oppenheimer's Life during this time, Mm. rather than this is how the atomic bomb was made and like what happens surrounding that. Because I mean, like
2: from the documentary you watched as well, and you can see in the film the reason they bring Oppenheimer onto the project is like it's not necessarily because he is a brilliant scientist. Like you know, Matt Damon's like you haven't won any Nobel prizes, but it's because he's such a well-respected scientist and he has like the admiration of these physicists. It's sort of like he can control and manage these people because scientists Mm. can be difficult people to work with so you need a, a figurehead to yeah you know but yeah i, I sort of agree with kieran it's more like what his experience was making the bomb rather than like the actual ins and outs of it you know i guess it would just be a good point to go into spoilers should we cue the jingle yeah. oh yes sorry scores so obviously go with you first Tulip.
1: i said about six mm-hmm
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's, it's just not your no it's, it's, it's just film, not so my no, you know it's,
1: well, i know it, the thing is it's not even that like maybe i would have enjoyed it more if i didn't have such high expectations but i was really looking forward to I seeing know, this yeah, film yeah i really wanted to see it because i really wanted to learn about it yeah and that was, yeah. just wasn't what this film mm. was and i just wish i'd known
0: yeah. that
1: that wasn't what it was but i was just so disappointed yeah. that it just completely clouded
2: my whole experience which is you know which is fair enough because you know stuff like this happens with hype some films live up to how you imagine it to be some films don't so I mean for me this was a 9 out of 10 like you know probably there are minimal things that hold this film back I mean the sound mixing is one for me Christopher Nolan films never because I remember Tenet had the same problem like reading stories about it where like dialog is quiet so compared to music quiet. it's just like yeah. that did hinder the film i mean I, I want to re-watch it anyway but still like on my first watch i still want to be able to like fully take in things so it's a bit like i don't know it took away from some moments because you're still, a bit like, you still to able
1: saying. to actually hear yeah, what yeah. the characters are saying yeah exactly
2: because no. it's considering how dialogue heavy it is as well it's all
1: talking yeah
2: yeah, yeah. so it's a bit like you know i kind of wish that technical element was refined a bit more but there you go you know that's still nine out of ten
0: Yeah. I mean obviously he does like he makes films for the top end cinemas and stuff as well. So maybe it was like, you know, he's the sound design as well is also for this like, you know, yeah really expensive sound equipment. But I I think a lot of those kind of films, like things like The Lighthouse as well, do struggle with yeah. It's the sound because they're trying to do like the accents and make it seem Mm. realistic. And, you know, sometimes it just you just can't understand what they're saying yeah, yeah
1: it'd be like walking on stage in like the theatre and just talking in your normal voice so that's not how it works you actually have to project your voice yeah, yeah it's the same kind of thing
0: um, but yeah I, I probably agree about a nine yeah um, but it is one that I i want to watch again to kind of solidify that yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. Well, you guys can go and watch Oppenheimer, and I'll go and watch Barbie again. I yeah. Think and then be... we'll re-
0: then we'll reconvene and uh, yeah. solidify, solidify our schools again.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but Actually, okay. Where's, where's the nearest IMAX? Is it Bristol? We're London. London. I've always London. London. Yeah. I feel like we discovered there wasn't oh! one
1: in Plymouth and there wasn't one in Bristol, so it was London. Yeah. Christ. Stupid. Stupid area we live in. Oh, God.
2: Cue the jingle. <laughs> Spoilers ahead yeah the film basically follows Oppenheimer's life so it starts off with him in sort of college when he's first learning about like quantum physics because that's his whole deal is he wants to learn about that because there's no schools in America for that particular field of science and it's sort of like you get some good like visual stuff of how he views the world because it's all like the how he sees like atoms and stuff and there's like shots of him looking at raindrops and that triggers his mind to sort of view you know, just look at the world differently, which is always like good in a film where it actually shows you how he thinks about things and what he sees. You know, so that that was good.
1: What do you mean the flashing?
2: Like when it's the little like tiny the sparks. Yeah, the like the sparks and the ti- like what looks like the, the blue like, it's like dots. it's flashing thing. up
1: subliminal messaging, isn't it? So it just <laughs> flashes up with some stars in the sky, and then it goes really loud for a second, and then it just cuts back to him staring into. Yeah. In space, literally. yeah,
2: yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. So, you know, it's him at school. He basically then goes to America and sets up his own quantum physics class and then starts teaching it. It sort of takes off, so that's him building like a following of like students and stuff. Hmm. Um, and it's mainly like the sort of timelines in the film is like because they at the beginning, I know this is when you sort of arrive late, but they did like the timeline that was in colour is Fission and then Robert Downey Jr.'s timeline which is black and white is fusion so they sort of labelled the two different so
1: Fission is Killian Murphy's timeline, yeah. anything yeah. that's from his perspective and his sort of retelling of it as if he were telling the story yeah. is in colour and then anything from Robert Downey Jr.'s perspective is in black and which
2: white. Which I did like because I like it when you do you see alternate angles of a scene because I like were Robert Downey Jr. and Killian Murphy see the conversation of einstein play out two different ways and be mm. viewed in two separate ways so you know it's it's yeah. interesting but yeah that's how they sort of establish it but there is like three different things because sort of oppenheimer's life leading up to the the bomb the trinity test there's robert downey jr's like not trial but like hearing to get into congress i think or like get into an office i think is what it is I did that, that was the one bit, like, what his actual thing going on, because there's that, and then the third thing is Oppenheimer's, like, trial he had in private with, like, the American government over his security clearance, so there's, like, three different things spread throughout the film that they're, like, documenting, basically, or, like, showing, so there's a few different things to follow, and they are spread, here's this bit, here's this bit, here's this bit, here's this, you know, here's this bit, but, you know.
1: Yeah, it was just quite hard to follow for me. Yeah,
2: which is, like, it's a Christopher Nolan thing, like, he does... He d- he does do that with like My would have
0: Absolutely hated this film because she can't <laughs> she can't stand it where um where films jump around. So yeah. if there's any movement in time or location, yeah, she just can't she can't yeah. a- agree with the film. Yeah, because yeah. I mean to be fair, I was just I remember he did it in
2: Dunkirk as well, didn't he? Because they had the viewpoint by land, sea, and air. But that didn't was he? different
1: because that was very clear because obviously yeah. one of them Tom Hardy's in a plane another one there's a group of men on the beach and then the other one is whatever the other one was I can't even remember so that was very clear yeah. perspectives
0: with those ones they're all happening at the same time as well. Yeah, this yeah. is all kind of yeah. like years and years it's so far,
1: like isn't meanwhile it? you know this yeah. is going on but yeah this is literally like because at the very beginning he's like Oh, yeah, I've got a wife and two kids. And then all of a sudden, it cuts to him like sleeping with somebody. And I'm like, hang on a minute. And that's as soon as that happened, I was lost. I was like, right, I'm lost Mm -hmm. now because I don't know what the time. I was like, is he cheating? Is this before? Yeah. What's going on? I was very confused.
0: Yeah, I feel like I kind of understood like the. I think about the hour mark, I, I think I'd sussed out what was hmm. happening in terms of timelines and stuff. Yeah. And then from there, from that point, I understood what had happened for the past hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then could, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. understand what was happening for the next two. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's why a second watch would just be give it exactly. a bit of clarity. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Because I think probably not to go through beat by beat, obviously, like, in terms of the core timelines, like, the thing leading up to the bomb was probably the highlight of. The film for me yeah
1: what was it like 10 15 minutes yeah 10 15 yeah
2: because like that as well like because when obviously you know they they build this whole town they bring all the scientists there to build the bomb and then it gets to a point where you know however many years have gone by and they're still you know working out the kinks basically Mm. but then matt damon's like yeah we need to set like a deadline for this like now so we're we're choosing a date the
1: president was about and this was something that we said i'm saying about the president now the president needs to go to russia is he going to Russia? It's like he's
2: going to like a peace conference between England, Russia yeah. and the USA.
1: And he basically want, wants to know whether he's got a bomb or not because he wants to be able to go and you know, right. big yeah. himself up, basically. But that was something that lost me again. Like, again, not that I'm an idiot. Like, you know, whatever. But I don't know who the American presidents were during wartime. I literally know Obama and I know Donald Trump <laughs> and I know it's Biden now and I know it's... Yeah. George Bush yeah but I'm not American like I don't know who the presidents were at that time so when they're going oh yeah yeah we need to go to George Truman oh yeah yeah we need to go and then because the timeline again was so messed up I was like I ain't got a clear what's going on now
2: yeah they, all they, these they, names they do, being worried about they do like name drop like Eisenhower as well and then like John Kennedy's brought up like briefly even though you know it's not he wasn't like a president during wartime
0: but that, that was the weirdest part in the film for me <laughs> because the way that they set that up made it feel like Robert Downey's Jr.'s character was like going oh or killing yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I've,
2: I've always like it to be like a weird like spin-off thing or like he was just going to appear because I'm like oh what's his name Ah, oh, Kennedy John, John F. F. Kennedy yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like for him to
0: like, show up and then be but like he, he just goes Oh, okay. Mm. I just like. Just. Robbie Downey Jr.'s character and get him a son yeah. a Yeah, you, uh, you
2: need Forrest Gump to go. Someone went and shot that nice young man. Yeah. <laughs> Just get Tom Hanks to narrate the film very briefly. Yeah, (laughs) but um, you know, going back to like the Trinity Test, like timeline. So yeah, like he brings all the scientists there, and then yeah, they're like, yeah, we're setting the date July fifteenth or sixteenth. I
0: don't care. One of the days. One of the days
2: of July. So it's sort of like when when that happens. Not the twenty-first. It should have been
1: that it was the twenty-first. They should have released the film on whatever day the atomic bomb was. Then it wouldn't have come out
2: by the same day as Barbie though. Oh no. Then Barbenheimer wouldn't have been a thing. wouldn't have been a thing. Okay. So yeah, it's all the the, the date gets set and I feel like then you're kinda of there like, Oh my god, like it's actually happening now. Because the film a lot of film happened before
1: Are you thinking about what significance the date twenty first of July has. Well
0: they they did the whole marketing campaign of they, the they, countdown. Yeah the countdown so counted it had to be
2: down to the twenty first. No, no, the countdown counted down to the Trinity test dates, the sixteenth of July. Because there was a thing of like on TikTok of Robert Downey Jr. speaking to someone because someone was like, I'm confused, what's with this timer then? Because that's not going to take us to the 21st of July. And then Robert Downey Jr. was like, no. Takes us to when the Trinity test happened, like the time and date.
0: It was July 16th, 1945. Yeah.
1: So that's then... weird. That is weird, isn't it? Yeah, I should have so... just done that on the 15th. I suppose would it have had to been a...
2: Well, it doesn't happen on the 15th because the weather's crap and they're like, you know, we need to wait until the weather breaks. Oh, we'll do it on the morning then, the Mm -hmm. morning of July 16th, which they do. But yeah, like when they sort of set the the deadline date, you kind of like sort of the cinema, like, oh my God, it's actually happening now. Because like a lot of stuff happened before then. And then, yeah, like just... Mm -hmm. The, the tension, like, builds until, like, the bomb goes off, which I really liked. Because, like, the music as well is, like, really, really good. It's, like, a weird, like, crackling vum 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 like, sound. It's not
0: really music, it's just sound. Yeah,
2: yeah, it? basically. But it's all, like, building, like, getting yeah. you there. And then it all leads up to the test, which, you know. To... And it
1: is very cool that you see, because obviously this will happen in real life, you see the bomb going off and it's just completely silent yeah. for a good couple of minutes until the sound hits you. And yeah. I do think that was that was the best part of the film the lead up I, I and then think the that going off
0: genuinely cuz like the way that i felt when like you know obviously you see like the big thing go up and, and you're like wow and then when like the sound you know cuz obviously it has to yeah. travel a couple miles yeah. when the sound hits and then you like see the wave like i i actually like you know it kind of hit me i was like yeah wow yeah. it felt like it could you it was... imagine
1: that in like a 4D cinema with yeah. all ste- seat shots
2: kind if, of it, it feels really intense because like it's, it's not just like a bang it's like a it's like a storm coming your way and like yeah. you can hear like you know moving the bunker that they're in it's like really intense and then yeah it hits like Oppenheimer's bunker first and then it's all the guys like watching it further away it hits them like in you know just blows some of them back or you know mm. like that whole yeah that like whole it's like two minutes of silence basically isn't it like whilst you're watching very good. the mushroom cloud like build up and like you know the explosion is really impressive like what happens like i knew yeah. sort of when you know you hear about they made it practically they you know create a nuclear explosion by just using normal explosives like you think oh wow that's really impressive and then it happens and you're like wow this is you know really really cool
1: yeah Cool to watch.
2: Yeah. Definitely. And then, like, after the Trinity test, it sort of goes into more, like... Because one of the themes is basically, like, what happens once, you know, to scientists once their work's done, basically, because Oppenheimer thinks he can still impact the use of the bomb after it's been made, but the government's like, no, like...
1: Yeah, well, what he wants, isn't it? And I feel I didn't fully understand this until I read about it later, but what Oppenheimer wants is for them to bomb Japan. He does want them to bomb Hiroshima and... Nagasaki is it he wants them to do that to then prove that look look at what this bomb does it literally is awful what this bomb does we're not doing this anymore like we've created it but then I think it's the case of science is just science it's just discovery it's not ethics and then how that is used isn't
2: it it's it's the thing of like oppenheimer's whole thing is theory it's not practical like practicality so his his theory is that if the bomb goes off in in you know in japan war will end because there is such a big threat of what war could be that you know because that's why his his thing was going to be is that this will be the bomb to end all war but it's not because everybody case.
1: will be so afraid that yeah. it will just bring about this
2: which nuclear is, bomb. You know, which isn't the case because the bomb gets they made just built and then it's a bigger bomb. Yeah, because then it moves on straight from the atomic bomb to the production of the, the hydrogen bomb, which is a more devastating one. And then obviously, Russia get a bomb, and like, obviously, you know, the world we live in now, everyone's got a nuclear bomb, but no yeah. one's, you know. So it's it's that tragedy of like he tried to do good or he thought he was doing good, but in the end you know, it, he didn't, he didn't do good. The world is in a worse place for what he's done. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's, yeah. Because, like, that, the whole events of that, and then, like, the hydrogen bomb, the Cold War, didn't it? Yeah, so yeah. So that was years and years and years of just, kind of, you know, people having their hands over the button, you know, hmm. just saying, if you press yeah. it, I'll press it. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Which, like,
2: because it, moves on basically to like i guess in terms of timeline like if you're following it chronologically it goes on to oppenheimer's hearing about his security clearance because throughout the film he is doing stuff which like is jeopardizing like the mission a little bit like he's mixing the teams together they're discussing things when they shouldn't really be discussing it about the production of the bomb the main
1: thing that he mixes with communists
2: yeah so he has background like affiliations with known communists he had an affair with uh, like with a woman a who communist. he, yeah, with communist woman, and he was friends with a communist. And his
1: wife is a former an ex-communist, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, so used it's in the party. It's she's not in The
2: government trying, what's well, essentially Robert Downey Jr. trying to discredit Oppenheimer by saying you were like, you know, you had connections with known with communists, Russia so we're going to well. suspend your your security clearance and tarnish your name, basically. So that's like the whole point of his hearing is, you know, it's it's a he says it's a kangaroo call that like the determinant's already you know the outcome is predetermined yeah, yeah so it's like why are you still going for this and it's you know i don't know he just thinks he has a chance of winning
1: well i think he said th- what they were kind of saying i think was emily blunt saying this i can't remember who was saying it he was like you think that or he feels that if he is punished by way of being humiliated in this trial and having his you know security clearance stripped from him then it is that's his punishment for making this bomb essentially
2: because yeah. he does like he has a meeting with Truman who's played by Gary Oldman which is a really random like cameo so yeah he has a meeting with the president and you know the president's like oh congratulations on the bomb when do you think Russia's gonna have a bomb and Oppenheimer's like well they could very well build one but he's like oh no they're never gonna have a bomb because we've got the bomb basically and then Oppenheimer's like well I've got blood on my hands so I feel really guilty and then the president's like screw you basically like I'm the one who I'm the one who did the bomb, like not you. Yeah, I'm the I gave one the authority. To yeah, drop it. so you have no right. Get this clown out. Of Which my just office. apparently
1: is what ex- exactly what happened. Like, yeah, he like the say whole. I've got blood on my hands, and he was like, you know, he just laughed him out of place. Basically, the precedent. Yeah,
2: because yeah, because he's like, don't let that crybaby back in my office like ever again. Like yeah. after that talk, so it's just like, yeah, it's just how d- it dispensable he was. Like after he made it like this great feat of science, and then the government threw him the side because like well you've done the work mm. now we don't need you so yeah you know it's not a very happy story in the end really
1: i mean none of this is a happy story not even i
2: mean robert downey jr doesn't even get off either because his whole thing was sabotaging sabotaging um oppenheimer and then at his trial it comes to light that he did that like to try and discredit oppenheimer so he mm. doesn't get into office so he essentially his career He's is discredited as well yeah which like to be fair like after i watched the film there was a good like because obviously the thing with nuclear war is what was what is it called? I keep forgetting mutual destruction. Mutual destruction. Because mutual destruction, obviously you know USA nukes Russia, Russia nukes the USA, everyone.
1: They're both destroyed. Yeah. So Nobody was, wins.
2: Yeah. So it's basically you know Robert Downey Jr. destroyed Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer destroyed Robert Downey Jr.'s career. So it's like they inadvertently did that you know destroyed destruction. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then the film ends with. Going back to the conversation with Einstein, because Einstein's like a weird figure in the movie. It's a weird little Easter egg. It's, <laughs> it's so like, weird. He's, he's, I he, was he was alive at, at that time. Older. Oh, it gives me the heebie. Yeah, heat so that heat that heat was really weird. Like knowing that Einstein existed during Water. the war. Time. Yeah. yeah like because i know no, i know nothing about einstein but it's no, just like he's like this weird like avengers level cameo like in in, in but he, he feels that way though because i like, even when like it's robert downey jr's timeline and he's like looking out the window and it's einstein feeding the ducks and you're like oh it's einstein and then like the people yeah. in the front of us were like who's that i was like oh i didn't even know it's einstein and then like he pops up again like later in the film as a car like drives by and he's just there like chatting to oppenheimer it's like you know, I just saw like a video. Where it's like people were just expecting like, like, woo, yeah. when he like appears. So he's just a weird, like, a weird figure. that yeah, good acting though. He,
0: he appears when you need him, but not when you want him. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: there's like a scene yeah. earlier in the film where Oppenheimer goes to Einstein because there's the possibility that the bomb will destroy the entire world if it goes off so he goes to einstein to like check the calculations out and einstein doesn't really help him he just sort you know goes ah oh, well get this other person to check it and then the film ends with their conversation uh which you saw earlier on which is basically him saying you know when i came to those calculations i said that there was a chance we would setting." you know set
1: chain reaction yeah that would
2: destroy the world and he's like yeah i remember that and he goes we did that's
1: what we've done and then it just
2: ends with like yeah him just obviously thinking about what he's done and just what he's made the world into because there's like shots of rockets going up into the sky and the earth's atmosphere burning because of just so much nuclear war so it's again not not a happy ending you know but it is like powerful when it hits you know
1: scary
2: yeah yeah exactly it's
1: literally so scary to think that that could just happen like we're literally on the cusp of it already you know yeah. it's terrifying
2: but yeah it's just a weird, yeah it's a weird thing to talk about because you just you, yeah you do just sort of freak yourself out you're like oh god what's happening
1: yeah you don't need to think about death michael you don't need to become thoughts of death <laughs> barbie <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny how much like commentary there is between these two films because like yeah this is like a commentary on like war and like you know the dangers of weapons
1: yeah
0: whereas barbie's like quite a kind of emotional kind of w- world state hmm. almost like kind of, of where you know kind of roles are at the moment so it's like yeah. it's all very kind of like it's kind of encompassed yeah, quite a lot yeah. of like yeah. messages and, and lessons to be learned yeah within, a, within about five hours worth of movies yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't have gone from well either Barbie to Oppenheimer or Oppenheimer to Barbie just because of how you feel like after Which
0: way would you do it if, if like someone had like said you've got to do this? Well, it's I like the thing now. Now you've
2: watched Oppenheimer. Now the thing is like because it's such like a more depressing movie or like you know it's somewhat more like serious. You kind of whether you want Barbie as like a chaser afterwards to like to cheer you up. I, I know, do like...
1: think I would watch Oppenheimer first mm. and then watch Barbie because it would like wake me up a bit. Because um, I was very tired after seeing yeah. Oppenheimer, I was I was yeah. ready to go to sleep, and I did. So,
2: <laughs> but yeah, gosh, what a movie? I, I yeah, I definitely want to watch it again, Oppenheimer. So,
1: yeah, well, you can, as I say, you can, you two can go and see Oppenheimer. I'll go and see Barbie, or I'll just sit at home and watch Legally Blonde again.
2: Mm-hmm. But any any closing thoughts before we move on from Oppenheimer to sign off?
1: How weird is it that we're at. The part of the year like how crazy is it how fast this year has gone we've been talking about seeing barbie and oppenheimer for ages i feel and now it's over like all that yeah. hype is over like that's just weird for me i think
0: we've made it to the 24th of july <laughs> yeah isn't that incredible i know what a, what, a, what a date to mark the occasion i know
1: yeah
2: especially yeah. just like you think about how like the year gone like there's just so much like content like films coming out this year like it's crazy Like i don't think i've paid so I mean, much attention i mean it's gonna
1: be a bunch of films come out and then, and then no films come out because of the right strike or it's yeah. gonna be a load of rubbish films yeah. isn't yeah you because know? we were like
2: we were looking at this like you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You got The Meg Two. You got Grand Turismo. You got Dune. You got like all these other films coming out like in the next couple of months alone. You're just like, God, what do I, what do I do? What do I watch first? Like, can I even watch all those movies?
1: Yeah, and plus there's so many films like I feel like we've missed.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That I want to watch. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, air like we only got around to the other day because it was on streaming. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, other films, like Tar as well. You yeah, said the Cape really to one. Yeah. The Whales on Prime, so We've I kind of want to check that, that out.
1: Yeah, we yeah, need to watch that.
2: Yeah, madness. Absolute
0: madness.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I don't think this podcast can go on any longer. It's been a so mega nice, feature, this let's one. Let's wrap it up here.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrapping it up?
0: <laughs> we'll go for you, Kieran. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in for this immense uh, clash of ideologies yeah um, <laughs> we hope to see you again next week where we will discuss a topic which has not been revealed to us yet so I've been Kira I've been Michael
1: and I've been Tulip